0: Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Sudra Organic. Excited for our next episode on the Ohio University Sports Ad Series, Life After Court Street. Excited to be with my co-host Laura Waters-Brown as always and our guest today and Abby Jacobs from Teamworks and Madeline Robinson from IdeaQuest. And we're going to talk a little bit about their career journeys uh, after Court Street as well as uh, kind of their uh, journey through sports as a mom, and uh, we'll get into it. But nonetheless, welcome.
1: Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Go Bobcats! Yeah, thanks. Go
2: Bobcats. For That's
0: right. That's right. Well, let's let uh, let's let Laura kick this episode off. Um, oh yeah,
2: this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a good one um, for all those listening, uh, both. Uh, or Madeline Gale, as I call her, no <laughs> one else would call her Gale, but Abigail, or Abby to you all. Um, and I, we all were in the same class in Athens. And so when Jake and I were tossing back this idea about, you know, our next show and content, It was like, this is a topic, what we're gonna ask is a topic I think that people assume, but to hear it from your colleagues and hear it from people who have gone through the illustrious Bobcat educational system and came out on the other end, um, I think it's important to talk about is not only being awesome and amazing and being a woman tacking on that, building a family um, and excelling in this space, um, so this is not a, a conversation about how tough it is and how hard it is. But literally, the goal of this conversation is for all of those wanting to support and help this industry change uh, and be more inclusive. This is, a, this is a segment that I think gets forgotten. And Abby and I can't even say you I can't even say that. Gail, the ad dog, this is, I was on campus a few weeks ago. And one of the, I offered a um, opportunity to meet just with the guys and for them to ask me questions about gender equity, so on and so forth. Um, And one of them actually asked me a very good question, which sparked this conversation in my head. And he asked, um, he said, you know, how do I approach the conversation with my partner about starting a family, understanding that it, it it could disrupt their career, her career. Um, and how do you even approach that conversation? And or what do you do? I said, well, you know, first off, maybe just have the conversation and talk through it. But th- that was, I was like, you know what, that is a unique, a unique, unique perspective. Um, so maybe first, before we get in deep, 30-second elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, where you're at, um, and one fun fact. About you, Gail, okay, go first because you're you're the the president of all things binders. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, hi. So I'm I'm Abby Jacobs. Um, I'm currently a senior partnerships manager for the influencer product over at Teamworks. So I've been there just a few months now, um, but I've been brought in to manage our partnerships in the global exchange. Um, so influencer. Um, Is a platform that allows athletes to to build college athletes to build their brands and also manage their name, image, and likeness business. So I am working with our partners to provide education, support, tools, and and NIL opportunities to to influence our athletes. Um, Based in the Detroit area and previously um, was at the local uh, football helmet company Zenith as the director of marketing, and have also spent some time with Dick Sporting Goods and uh, Team One Advertising on their experiential marketing side. And then obviously part of this conversation is about our family. So I've got three kids um, that are almost six, three and six months today. Um, and then my husband is also a Bobcat. So lots of lots of Bobcats in this household. <laughs> Your fun fact. Oh, fun fact. Oh, shoot. Um, I once drove Justin Bieber, uh, Vince Scully, and um, Hank Aaron on a golf cart. Same golf cart, not at the same time. Oh, I was about to say that was a tight golf cart. Yes. Same golf cart, different, different, different times, different days. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's amazing.
1: That's a good one. Now I'm thinking. Madeline, you're up. I'm Madeline or AKA Mad Dog to those in the Bobcat family. I'm a senior director at IdeaQuest, a boutique marketing and sales solution company. I help brands build their sponsorship strategy, particularly in the naming rights. Um, we're about to announce our newest one here in the next couple of weeks. So uh, be on the lookout for some more news about IdeaQuest, which is really exciting. I've actually a little bit of the unicorn in this industry have been with IdeaQuest for almost a decade now, grown, started there as a account manager, worked my way all the way up to senior director. Um, and that's why I stayed, um, because I've been continued to be challenged and have career growth there. And, and so, been very happy uh, so far in my career at Idea Quest, uh, which is also run by another Bobcat, Eric Bechtel, class of '89. Um, two girls, they are two and one. So, if you want to know what I've been doing during the pandemic, there's your answer. And fun fact, uh, I just came back from Dublin, Ireland, last week. Uh, that is now my. Th- 13th country that I've been to, um, and, you know, have a lot more to cross off my list.
2: It is funny, Jake, when, and all of the Ohioans out there, this is how, you know, Madeline has been ingrained in the Ohio network is because she told me she was going to Dublin and I immediately followed up with Ireland, not Ohio. And I said, see, cause I, I was like, why are you going to Dublin <laughs> for a few days? For those who don't know, Dublin is a very nice suburb Good. in the great state of Ohio. Very nice. <laughs> the <laughs> zoo is there. The zoo is there. It's great. Yeah, That's right. It's
0: basically Columbus, right? I mean, it's, right? Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. It's. We're not going to oh, get into the geography breakdown oh, sorry, of counties sorry, sorry. in central Ohio. Dublin, Columbus are two totally different things. Different mayors, different governing bodies.
0: It's a thing. Wait, hold on. I have one quick question before we get going. Madeline, 13 countries, what's your favorite? J-
1: Japan, the The entire country of Japan, everywhere we went was just like, we were like, this is such a money can't buy experience, what we just did. And then we go to the next activity and we're like, oh my goodness. Um, like just the entire 14 days that we traveled throughout Japan, I think I think was my favorite. Um, I'm I'm itching to go to Morocco. That's my next like really big trip I'm um, planning. So ask me again, maybe in a few years.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have you on again. We'll we'll uh, we'll ask the same question, see if it's any different. But um, to get started, what's been the most, uh, or or I should say, the biggest aha moment as you've gone throughout your journey? Uh, as Laura mentioned. What, you know, whether it's the conversation about starting a family as you've gone through your career trajectory and making transitions um, or even Madeline, just, you know, growing at your, at the company that you're at, what's, what's been the biggest aha moment for both of you? Uh,
1: You know what? I think for me, like I'm a very competitive and stubborn person and I, I, I'm like, you know, what? I, I can do it. I can do it all. Give it, give it to me. I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna show you that I'm capable of it. And for me, it was learning that it's okay to raise your hand and say, Hi, can we talk about this? I I I need to re-level set here because what whatever's going on isn't working right now. And I wanna be the best that I can be. And that means I need help in this moment. And like that's 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 a pride thing right like cuz i'm like nope i got it i can do it i can do it i can do it let me show you and i've had to learn that it is okay to say time out let's level set here i want to be empowered to do my job the best way that i can and right now that means we need to press pause and talk about it and figure out how to make this a win win for everyone
3: I think for me, um, one of my favorite sayings is comparison is a thief of joy. And for me, especially after, you know, we, we've started, you know, started our family have had to constantly remind myself that, um, you know, you see, you know, announcements on LinkedIn and people making moves and it's, having to remind myself that that, what that person wants for their life is different than what I want for my life. And so while I might be like, oh man, like, you know, they've got this awesome new job or they were on this awesome podcast or, you know, they're, they're really, you know, getting a lot of attention right now in the industry. And you're, you're sort of like, oh, like, what am I doing wrong? It's like, no, wait, like we have different priorities. We have different values. And so like, that's something, especially after we, you know, started our family, um, you know, definitely did not, um, having kids did not change my ambition, but it definitely just has a way to, of reprioritizing how you spend your time. And, um, for me it's like, no, like, this is what I wanted. I would not be fulfilled in my life if I did not have these small germy people in my house who, you know, take up a lot of my time, but at the same time, um, you know, just knowing that, Hey, like, this is my journey. This is not anybody else's. And I think once I, I kind of settled into that, I, you know, was comfortable with like, Hey, like, I'm going to grow. I'm going to, you know, move on to, to whatever that role is and, and, and have that, you know, career, you know, my path still moving. It's just, it's not going to look the same as, as somebody else's who's not in the same stage of life or doesn't want the same things.
1: I love that, Abby. I always say my definition of success is not your definition of success. And once you know your definition, which can change every year, right? Like I do, I do annual check-ins with myself. Where am I? Where do I want to go? Where do I see myself in five years? And, like, once you define that, it helps you kind of hone in on your career path and where you want to go. I, I love that for you.
0: And, Ma- and, Maddie, real quick success doesn't also have to be just a career piece, right? Like, success can be in a variety of areas. <laughs> Abby, I love the comparison as a thief for joy. Like, I just think that there is, as a whole, a lot of comparison, especially. In our industry, where it's big logo, big name, big brand, whatever it is, right? And uh, everybody's obsessed with titles. Let's just put that out there. Um, titles don't mean anything, and and it's one of those things where if you get sucked into that, you're you're going to go down a rabbit hole of a lot of areas you don't want to be in, um, and and then ultimately it takes away the perspective of why you're actually doing what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Laura, I won't steal your thunder of the next question, but uh, let's let's see where you take it.
2: So both of you have um, grown in your careers and been extremely successful. How did you both make the decision uh, to start your families? Like. It, how, how did you in your brain say, I know Madeline's brain was literally like, and I'm going to do this and I'm, we're going to do this at the exact same time and whatever. I don't care. But like, <laughs> how did you, what is that conversation with yourself before you even talk to your partner? What is the conversation with yourself about, oh crap, I work in sports. How like.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, and one day my, my child will know this. Um, she. <laughs> A little surprise um so the first thing that I did was like cry big crocodile tears that were not you know the ones of joy and I had to look at myself and be like you're like exactly what you said Laura like no wonder you were my roommate I said I can do this and I'm going to just figure it out as I go and so I never had that like sit down where it was like okay I'm going to plan it out because it just happened. And I think after talking to a lot of other working moms, whether it is in the industry or not, there isn't a good time to start a family. Like, if you want kids, you're going to figure out how to make it work regardless. Now, working in the sports industry provides more challenges of, right, like, I'm on the road a lot. Like, I've been away, I think, the most I went away for a trip was 12 days straight and left my kids home with just my husband, right? Like while still pumping. Um, so there, there's all kinds of challenges. Um, but I never had to, I never sat down and
3: planned because I just had this little surprise. (laughs) Um, I would say for us, it was never so much of like, this is the time, this is the plan. Um, But we knew that's what we wanted, like going into the relationship. Um, And so we had, when we, my husband and I were first married, we were living in New York City. We knew like that was not a long-term place and not somewhere, obviously Madeline's outside of New York City now, but we were living in a 600 square foot apartment. It wasn't going to happen there. Right. Um, And so um, we had moved to Milwaukee after that. And we're like, this is the time, like, it seemed like the the time where this, you know, made sense for us, but it really wasn't based on career at that point, it was more, uh, you know, hey, we feel like we're ready to do this. But at the same time, like, you're never really ready, you figure it out once it happens. And um, how you adjust and how you adapt all depends on your family situation, right? Like, um, you know, Madeline's husband is an education, like he has less flexibility in his day. Um, when we had our first son, you know, my, my husband was working from home back before that was like a thing that most people did, right? So like, we had different levels of flexibility. And that, where we have worked has changed as we've had kids and we've had to adjust as we go. So like what works for you will change based on what your your partner does as well. Um, and so it wasn't so much a like planning it out, but it was like, okay, we know that we both want this to happen and we're gonna figure out a way to make it work. And I think that's how most people approach it is once it's there, you you gotta keep it alive. So. <laughs> brushing teeth every day. That, that
1: first year once like with the first kid particularly, you're like high five and you're like we did this. We kept a human alive for a year. Like you feel real good and then everyone's like it it gets
3: worse from
2: here. You, so, you
3: got you got more to go. A few more to go.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, as as a person who works every day in inclusivity and both of you came into this industry, I think, when, you know, it it was not as hip or the in thing to be inclusive. Like, it's something people talked about, but very few organizations had chief inclusion people or diversity people or what have you. How have you seen the industry change from when you first got in to now uh, in regards to to family and where would you like to see it go?
3: I think I can start with that one. I think obviously like I feel like in terms of like inclusivity as it relates to like parents right like you don't really think about it a whole lot until you're one yourself and so I think for me what I have tried to demonstrate as I become a parent to, to perhaps either you know younger people within my company or on my team or even you know you know managing up is just being like openly apparent, right so that like you're not hiding that and I think probably when we first got our first jobs like that wasn't something that you like really openly shared a lot, right? like you didn't want to to make it obvious and that's something for me that I've decided that like, you know for me like I'm going to talk about it right and I want to work at a place where other people talk about it and that's important to me. Um, and so I think just having that open dialogue like helps a lot. Um, but you know we are in an industry that you know until 10, 20 years ago, like primarily men, right? They, they, as I think Madeline can speak to you, right? Like they, they maybe didn't have a maternity leave policy or patern, parent, parental leave policy. They've never had anybody in their company who needs space or accommodations to, to pump breast milk when they come back from work. So like, these are all things that, um, they just didn't have to think about. And I don't think it was for a lack of like wanting to be supportive. They, you just don't know what you don't know. And so I think, especially as I've, you know, then had multiple children, have tried to like wherever I am working, make sure that like I am making recommendations within my organization that help those other people who don't know that yet. Right. Like um I want to be sure that, you know, if people are having kids after me for the first time, that I can be kind of that resource for them on how to plan. Right. Like I had a situation um, with a former company where this was after my second son. I was coming back from leave and I was asking HR about okay, where where am I going to go to pump? And they're like, Oh, well, you can mind you, I'm coming back at the end of January. It's Detroit. It's cold. Like you can go across the street. And I'm like, um, three times a day across the street in the middle of January, this process takes 20 to 30 minutes. And it's already stressful because you're taking time away from work or like, you know, I take my laptop with me and answer meetings while I'm doing this. I was like, that's not going to work. And had that been my first child, I would not have known to like push on that. So it turns out they made me a space in my building. And there was another mom in the building working with another company who had been going across the street for six months because it was her first baby. And she didn't know to ask that she could ask. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where like, once you know better, right, you do better. Um, but so I think just um, in our industry is just taking more people to continue, like just bring up some of those pieces as you know, to make those recommendations because it only helps people who are coming after us.
1: Yeah. Uh- I mean, you hit it on the nail, Abby. I think, Laura, I had this moment um, when I went to your Wasserman event last year, you know, eight, eight and a half months pregnant, you know, waddling around. And, you know, I'm in this tight, bright red dress. So like, I'm just like this.
0: She looked great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The queen looked amazing. So all these women were coming up to me and they were all telling me their these stories from like, you know, when they were pregnant, pregnant 20, 15 years ago, and it's like they were there, but they didn't have the choice to be vocal like we do today. And I, I think that's the biggest difference that I'm seeing is that this generation isn't afraid to speak up about their experience And so I'm trying to be as vocal as possible about what it was like, what it's like now setting boundaries so that. You know, we're continuing this fight that we didn't start. We're picking up where, you know, our generation before us is, and we're going to continue to march down this path to make it better for the next generation. And and, and that's all we can do is hope that we're leaving it a little bit of a better place than it was before. And that goes for all diversity and inclusion, right? Like, and so I'm very mindful of that. It's just, let's continue to march in the same direction to make it better for everyone.
0: Is there a fear as you're going through your career and your journey of like, I'm not going to be able to uh, grow as much or excel as much because I now have this other responsibility and it's not just yours, right? It's you and, and your partners, but just the the other impact and energy and focus in your life and then it's you know, hey, I'm not going to be able to grow as quickly as I want to, or whatever the case is, or, hey, now I can't move to maybe that next destination to take that next job. Uh, Because now people do, of course, but again, not as easy, a lot more things to think about a lot more factors. Is there that what's that fear like? Or or what is that contemplation for um, those who are listening who are five, years away from that right but they think about it they're like oh well I'm gonna keep you know working until here and then like what's gonna happen right
1: I I have been very fortunate to be mentored by um a few c-suite women in the fortune 100 brands um and they all have kids that are teenagers and I've been able to you know hey how'd you get here what 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 did it take? And they all had kind of this similar process where it's like, there's no one direct path. Like it is okay to say, I'm going to sit here for a moment and I'm going to do the best that I can in this moment, in this season of life. And then I'm going to reevaluate. And then it it may not look like this straight uphill path. It's going to look do, 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 like, look at look, Abby's growing in a different way, but like, right. we say titles don't matter, right? Like you change titles, a bunch of different ways. And so when you look at LinkedIn, it looks like this, you know, not like zigzagging because there isn't a straight path. And once I kind of had that mindset of like, it isn't what it was 30 years ago, where you stay with one company and you work your way up and eventually you get to the sweet, sweet, like this is You figure it out as you go. You can sit in the season, do the best you can and then reevaluate. And that's why like, I've said this a couple of times now, I'm really big on yearly professional, personal check-ins so that you can continue to say, is where I'm at right now today still the best opportunity for me? Or do I need to be doing something else to continue to grow my career? And, And now that I have that mindset, I'm less fearful about like, did I just put myself on the mommy track? Because there's there's no such thing as that anymore, at least in this profession, um, it, it could be different. I know like in the lawyer r- world, that's still very much a thing, but I don't feel that here
3: in the sports industry. Yeah, I mean, has that thought, have I had that worry? Absolutely. Like, and you know, it might've been last week. It could have been eight years ago, right? Like some it does come up um but I think again for me what I know is that and I think too what I've definitely learned in the last few years as well is that I know I'm going to do good work and it might and I think that's what as Madeline's talking about hey like this I'm going to sit here in this season it's like I might feel like I'm sticking in this position or this role or whatever and not moving forward like maybe for a little longer but guess what like once I do take that next step I'm probably going to progress even faster once I get there and that that's kind of been my experience as as that's happened Um, but I also like I think you know especially coming out of Ohio like while we are there like you think like work 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 like that's all I need to be focused on and still a very big important piece of my life right like it's something I enjoy I've known I've always wanted to work like you know Staying home with the kids is just not something I ever wanted to do, right? Like this is what this is the life that I imagined, right? But I have learned very much in the last, especially in the last few years, like how important just like my mental health, my internal pieces, and it's like I I want to be able to you know have a role that you know allows me to be home with my kids as much as I can, that that is flexible when they are sick, that allows me to also like exercise as I need to and take care of myself, and so I personally like. I don't feel like it's limiting my, my, my career path. It might be limiting what companies I look at. And that's fine with me though. Cause those companies don't really align with like what I, I want for myself or my family. So it just, as you know, Madeline said, it's not going to like, you know, be this straight line. Like it might be kind of staying in one spot for a while and just kind of soaking in and eventually like you're making those steps quicker later on. So I. I've had that concern, but again, I think now that like we've got a little older and we've been doing this kid thing for a while, <laughs> um, gotten to the point where like, I feel very comfortable with myself and what I know that I want. And it's it's not a concern for me anymore.
0: Love it all. One of our co-hosts of the show, Andy Dolich, who also is a Bobcat, uh, will tell you that, you know, no matter what job he's held, you know, president of this or that, and and you know, championships or not, the biggest accomplishment in his life is his family. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes a long way, right? Because you look at someone like Andy with what he's accomplished in his career and everyone aspires. spot, you know, I've I've always told him, if I could do a 10th of what you've done in your career, like I'll be happy, right? But he'll say, well, I've got, you know, a family and now he has a starting five, I think plus, plus one on the bench uh, with, you know, grandchildren, right? And it's like, that's what, is success to him in the larger picture, right, of, of life. So can you both talk about just kind of what perspective may have changed for you once you did start your family and um, how that's maybe impacted uh, just the way that you look at things in general from a life perspective?
1: I am a firm believer that um, when you become a mother, you pick up a bunch of soft skills that like you didn't even know you had inside you. Um, for instance, I became a much more empathetic person who can pick up on emotional cues a lot faster than I could before. And soft skills are very transferable to the workplace and I, I say, don't sleep, don't sleep on a mom. Like, even if she's coming in with not a lot of things on her resume because she spent time, you know, raising kids, she has so many soft skills that you can just say, yeah, I I, I have managerial experience. I know how to delegate. I know how to do this. I know how to communicate efficiently because I've done it all. And so like, I, I just feel like I become such a more well-rounded person um, f- because of all these soft skills that I picked up from becoming a mother that I just didn't even know that I, I was capable of, of, of having that ability to do. And it's, 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 it's kind of hard to explain. Um, I don't know, Abby, if you want to jump in here at all.
3: Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, right. You're dealing with, um, emotionally immature humans on a daily basis. So, right. Like you, you pick up on that stuff pretty quickly. I think for me too, from a perspective, um, like related to work, it's also helped and me being better at like setting boundaries and not so much at like, Hey, I'm working any less hard or I'm not getting my stuff done. It's just, I have to have a stop and I have to have an endpoint. right. Daycare closes at a certain time. I, I want to spend time with my kids before they go to bed. And so it's really, for me, changed my perspective and how I manage my workday. I think I'm a lot more efficient. Um, I've gotten, um, you know, really my focus kind of every day is like, okay, like, what are like, you know, the one, two, three things that like really have to get done today? Let's do those first because you never know when, you know, work's going to take things off the rails or daycare's going to call and somebody's sick and you have to go pick them up. And so for me, I'm not doing any less work. I'm just being much more efficient with the time that I do have at work. And you know, that doesn't mean that sometimes I'm, you know not having to to log back in after kids go to bed to finish something up if something did go off the rails that day. Um, but I know from a from my perspective, like, I, I have much better boundaries just in like what my work day is hours wise, but I'm much um, much more productive in how I use those hours. <laughs>
0: It's and smarter, it's not
3: harder. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and it's, it's crazy because, right, like Abby, you and I both before, we would have both said we are efficient people. We are productive. We are efficient with our hours that we have. Like, you just have no clue until you're actually in this position how much more efficient you actually have to be. Because you're like, I do have that hard stop. Like, I do have to log off at a certain time. And unless it's emergency, I'm not logging back on until then. And, and so like before I would have told you I was efficient and now it's like times a thousand.
3: It helps you like just prioritize everything so much, like in all aspects of your life is like, do I have time for this? No, I don't have time for this. It's like both like to do this or to worry about this. And I appreciate that.
1: We I think. Uh, we set um, Shapiro when he was with the Cleveland um Indians at the time um uh someone asked him in our class like do you golf and he looked at them and goes I don't have enough time in my day I can only focus on three things and that is family faith baseball and that's it he goes I I have to set boundaries in terms of saying no to everything else. So no, I don't golf because it's not a priority for me. And that like
3: stuck with me. I was like, I I don't remember that, but that's going to stick with me now. So either (laughs) maybe we were, maybe I was asleep. Maybe we missed that. I remember him being there, but I don't
1: remember that. (laughs) It was just like one of those things where I was like, wow. Like, I can't believe he just said like, As like the CEO, no, I'm I don't golf because it's three things and that's it. And that's my boundary.
2: Definitely I don't I don't know where I was, but that (laughs) is beside the point. I want to be extremely clear to those that are listening, um, and those that will inevitably uh LinkedIn stalk both Madeline and Gail, like the accomplishments in both of these women's careers are beyond amazing on their own and their moms, right? So it can be done. Um, I don't think it is easy. I think these two are um, the perfect two to have this conversation because one, I know them both very well and feel completely confident. We talk about, about this, this with each other all the time too. So. All the time. <laughs> I was there when Gail was like, I'm pregnant. I was like, no? I bet
3: you're pregnant, aren't you? She was like, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> first. She knew first. I
2: was there. I knew first, Um, but I did. like, exactly. Women, women are true. beyond,
0: ugh. look,
2: women are beyond amazing. And I think to anyone who's a hiring manager, to anyone who is looking at resumes. Like when we look at this world as inclusivity, I think we're beginning to see and more and grow that like the greatest employees, the greatest leaders, the greatest managers in your company don't necessarily look like what what they did on paper 20 years ago. And so just because there may be a gap in someone's resume, or you notice that they've been at a certain job or position or level for an extended period of time, I think we have to continue as leaders in this industry, challenge ourselves to ask why and ask more questions. Because if someone is coming to me and they've done all these amazing things and they're a mom or they're a dad, or they've been leading their household or what have you, yes, please come Take my job, right? <laughs> um, but needless to say, thank you both for being on. We're, we've reached this the, the best part of the segment, in my opinion, um, called rapid fire. Now, one of us is better at asking the rapid fire questions. I'm not going to say who that is. I'm just gonna let you figure <laughs> it out as we go through this process, okay? So yeah. I'm gonna start it off um, with the rapid fire question to both of you okay
1: bronies poppers
3: poppers poppers not even close you can't get a sticky floor like that anywhere else (laughs) right right okay okay next one ready
2: (laughs) are you going with late night leaving the bar, coming back to the summit. Are you swinging through Is Slovakis
3: or DP dough? Deepy dough. Yeah. <laughs> CJ, Listen, actually, I'm more know, a- I, oh, Betty's um, would be my first choice. I'm which- actually
1: the next morning, like waking up and saying, is it too early to call pizza hut for some of that stuffed crust pizza? That was, that, was a go-to. Like, that was like just that grease the next morning <laughs> that you needed
2: to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Jake, you want to try?
0: Yes, I'll try. <laughs> uh, favorite sports event you've been to as part of a work trip? As mm, part of a work trip. Rider right, Cup. Cup,
1: nice Uh, yeah and actually it's like one of the only golf events where they encourage you to dress up and so I went as um my my team we all dressed up as Wonder Woman like you know bright obnoxious American colors everyone thought we were celebrities like it was it was so much fun like we got on the news and I was like I had so much fun I'm actually going to the Ryder Cup uh in Rome but this time for fun nice
3: that's awesome um for favorite sports event for a work trip. Um, so mine is not a, not actually a sports event, but it was a work-related trip in a sports venue. Um, because it, it unlocked my, my fandom. Um, when I worked for the ad agency, um, we had a sponsorship with Madison square garden and I got to go to Billy Joel for free and became obsessed, um, after that man puts on a good show. So
0: (laughs) nice Laura
3: Taylor Swift or Beyonce.
1: Beyonce.
3: I don't know if I can answer that one. Gail? I'm as of late, Taylor Swift. But (gasps) if you would have asked me like two months ago or before the the last album came out, I would have said Beyonce because I was listening to her before that. I'm because of you, I'm going
2: to listen to my first Taylor Swift album. I'm going I'm, to I'm stream it. Like I'm going to country stuff,
1: the non-country stuff. I um, I think you may like her, like, dual album that came out during the pandemic. Like, it's it's a little bit different. You may like it.
0: This, one's,
1: I don't this, next, think,
0: one, this I next one's for Laura. Least favorite class in school.
2: <laughs> that's easy. Love you, Kirchipoo. Accounting ain't for me, fam. <laughs> In my class, everybody knew that. Uh, mm-mm. my The numbers weren't um, numbering. The math wasn't math-aimed.
0: Abby?
1: But love you, Doc. Dr. Kirch, one of my favorite professors. I would the think content, information systems class, our MIS class, it, it just, like, it was hard to format see paint. The, the, how it would apply to what we were learning. Um, now I think for some people who have now on the facility and operation side, like that class, they're probably going, Oh yeah, I get it. Um, but for me, still, I'm like, MIS, not for me.
3: I think for me, and this is funny, cause this very much like has applied to my like career, like the one I probably disliked the most, because I think it's probably the only test I've ever failed in my life was sports law. I think everybody in our class failed. That it was that summer session. And I think we all oh. did that test. Um, I just did not, but I have had to, you know, read a lot of legalese uh, in the last nine years, 10 years, uh, but I just didn't do it for me. <laughs> see, they both didn't enjoy class because see how the
2: difference, it was, it didn't apply. Numbers. Talk? I don't do numbers. This is what a calculator is for. Although <laughs> all that I will say Dr. Courage gave some very poignant and important advice,
3: the value of a car, all of <laughs> We he, say you can't change the deal in this house a fair bit to our kids. Can't change the deal.
0: <laughs> Abby, Madeline, thank you so much for your perspectives, uh, sharing your journey, your insights uh, on your career path uh, thus far and uh, your experience after Court Street. And thanks for being a part of the uh, Ohio University episode series with us. Thanks.
3: Love it. Thanks, thanks for having us. <laughs>
1: you haven't seen The Last of Us, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.